Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Time on with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Uh, another big day, plenty of news kicking around, uh, but the news is one thing, but your say on the news of the day is the other thing. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. Looking forward to hearing from you. Over the course of the next hour, this is time on. Ah, uh, yes, indeed. Welcome to Time On. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number, of course, to give me a call. Your say on the news of the day. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Off the temper text. Temper a, a mattress like no other. Heaps to get through today. Uh, a lot of big names on the station, as there tends to be. Uh, and of course, looking forward to hearing from you. The text line zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. The women's test match at the moment. Rain has stopped play at Metricon Stadium. Uh, the one-off test is part of the the series between Australia and India. Four debutants today. And as I just dropped my sheet of paper. Four debutants today, um, and congratulations to Darcy Brown, Stella Campbell, Annabelle Sutherland and Georgia Warren. Uh, Australia uh, not in control of this one by any stretch of the imagination. India, one for 114. The rain might be a blessing to the Australians in this. They put on 93 for the first wicket. Uh, Mandana uh, is 70, not out. Uh, Sophie Molyneux got the uh, the wicket of Verma for 31 uh, and Raut is uh, on eight not out. So um, yeah, India well and truly on top on the first day uh, of that test match. Uh, Australia won uh, two out of the three one days and there's the T20s to come. Uh, heaps Heaps other stuff, heaps other stuff. How's my English going? Heaps of other stuff happening uh, throughout the course of the day. The D's have arrived back in Melbourne with the Premiership Cup. Uh, the, the images on social media already of Max Gorn uh, stepping off the plane and, and going through Melbourne Airport with that treasured Premiership Cup um, uh, are great scenes. Uh, and as we continue to celebrate what Melbourne were able to achieve. Uh, the text line 0433981116 off the temper text. Temper, a mattress like no other. Um, and Carlton in the news uh, for a lot of the right reasons over the last couple of weeks. Uh, haven't really been in that position for most of the year, but uh, and it's been a strange journey to get there. At times you've wondered who's steering, who's navigating, who's in the back seat, um, what direction are they headed, why have they taken a, a little detour down that road, and are they going in the same, are they all going in the same places they all think they are. But the good news stories roll on um, after Brian Cook announces the CEO, Michael Voss announces the coach, um, one of their favourites from his time there as a player, uh, Aaron Hamill, um, has, uh, it's been confirmed today that he will return to where it all began, backline coach under senior coach 
Michael Voss. So 10 years of coaching experience at St Kilda. Uh, he played uh, nearly 200 games. Uh, in 2020, he was senior assistant at the Saints. He was overseeing the back line and team defence. He started as a development coach at the Saints in 2012 before he took charge of the forward line for four seasons. Um, experienced coaching his own side. Uh, he coached the Saints VFL affiliate Sandringham in 2018 and 2019 before stepping into that senior position. So he really has done a good and solid apprenticeship and, and as good a person in footy um, as there is, is Aaron Hamill. Uh, Amit Baines, uh, the Western Bulldogs um, boss, was on with Kane Corns a little earlier today and just went through, uh, I suppose, some of the names that are circling around in conversations through this trade period. And Mitch Wallace has certainly been one of those uh, throughout the course of the year. It's been one of the strangest circumstances that I can remember seeing from a player elevated to vice-captain only to barely get a game for the season. And he is one of the, I suppose, hard luck stories of the Dogs for the year. Obviously, they, they didn't win the flag, but he, he missed out on 2016 as well. Um, Amit Baines uh, spoke about Mitch Wallace and the desire to keep him uh, at the kennel. Yeah, yeah, he is, and, and we hope he does remain. Um, you know, the one thing I, I would say, having been away with the team over over the year and, and certainly during the finals period, is Mitch was exceptional in terms of his leadership. Clearly, he would have been dealing with personal disappointment about not being in the team, but the way he continued to, to support the players that were out there and his teammates across that period, um, you know, was outstanding and a, a real credit to him. So, yeah, we absolutely want him to stay. He's he's a free agent, so that's something that he'll work through with his management now that uh, our season's finished and, and make a decision in due course. Pat Lipinski, of course, has requested a trade from the Bulldogs to Collingwood. Yeah, oh, look, it's um, completely understandable from, from Pat's point of view um, to be disappointed at not getting more opportunity along the way. He's clearly a very capable player and has shown that at AFL level and, in fact, dominated um, the VFL games that he played across the year. Uh, we obviously rate him highly. It's why, um, you know, Sam and the, the Lux management team offered him a, a three-year deal and ideally we'd like to keep him. So we understand that um, he wants to go to Collingwood and, and we'll need to work with Collingwood to, to get that done. Um, I think a bit's been made of what happened last year. Um, I think the, the team at Collingwood's pretty different to, to what it was last year as well. Not that that's better or worse, um, but I, I think too much is made on um, the history of, of the trade last year. So mm. look, we'll, we'll work with that group. Um, I know that uh, Sam's had some great dealings with Graham Wright um, in the past, and Graham's very uh, straight and um, has been around for a long time, so I'm, I'm sure the guys will sit down and, and work through what that looks like, and um, if a deal is to be done, um, I'm sure it'll be uh, acceptable to both parties. Uh, Amit Baines uh, speaking to Kane Corns earlier today, doing a great job uh, for the two hours of uh, what normally is Jared's three hours before handing the reins over to Sam Edmund. Uh, and he spoke about Tim English too. This is a story that's bubbling away uh, in the background about what might be uh, for Tim English. Uh, always has been one that they've... 
um, really talked up, um, looked to the future of the, the club at one point and, and, and really wrapped up as one of the most promising young rucks in the competition. Um, probably a little bit disappointing um, in the grand final. And then since then, there's been a lot of speculation and talk about could he be on the move and would another club come knocking? And, and uh, obviously, he's got a partner who's going to be playing uh, in the super netball with the West Coast Fever. Yeah, look, I think from the, the personal perspective, Rudy's partner um, hasn't lived in Melbourne for quite some time. She played at the Queensland Firebirds this year, so the, the nature of their long-distance relationship isn't anything new. Um, I think, obviously, what you're alluding to is she's moved to, to WA. Um, she, she's not from there originally, but, but Tim is... Um, but no, we we don't see that as an issue. Um, you know, one of the discussions of of players that uh, you didn't didn't name before is Tim, and, and those conversations have started. And all indications are that he does want to remain at the club beyond next year. Um, look, his own own performance across the year, I, I think he's had a he's had a really good year in terms of taking another step and, and improvement. Um, you know, he's clearly got some way to go in, in terms of his journey and, and the ruck part. I think, you know, at the start of the year, things worked really well when Steph was, was fit and available and, um, you know, that, that gap in between and then losing Josh Bruce as well um, in the back part of the year did put some extra strain on all of our tools and, and Tim wasn't any exception to that. So, look, we think he's got a, a tremendous future to go. He's still very young and we hope that he's a, a long-term player for us. Uh, so pretty confident there, uh, Amit Baines, in uh, what the future holds for Tim English and certainly believes that that is uh, at the kennel. Uh, earlier on, uh, Kane Corns uh, had spoken about what the Dogs need to do uh, in the fallout of that 74-point grand final loss, 19 points up halfway through uh, at the 16.5-minute mark, and then we saw just what unfolded. A force of nature was unleashed, the likes we've rarely seen, 16 goals to one, and Kane spoke about the Dogs needing to address that. We fell apart because we didn't we didn't address the issue. We didn't address why it happened on the day, what we did in our preparation that led to that performance. Uh, we didn't address the performances of some individuals and tried to sweep it under the carpet, but the scars were, were there and just tried to roll into another pre-season without addressing what was a, a giant elephant in the room. And uh, in the end, we lost the first four games of 2008 and the club fell apart for a good five to six year period after. Now, I don't see the Western Bulldogs performance anything like the 2007 performance that we put in. I, and I thought they're, they're winning the game easily and they're in control of the game halfway through the third. Yes, they capitulated a little bit, but I don't think the Western Bulldogs will have lingering scars from that performance. In fact, I think the the season will almost galvanise them for for what they did and their achievements was pretty significant with the challenges that they had in front of them. So I, th- I think the dogs will be okay, and I wouldn't draw too many comparisons uh, between our performance in 07 to theirs uh, this year. Kane Corns talking about 07 compared to the dogs this year in 2021. So he asked to meet Baines uh, about the grand final loss. Yeah, look, the, obviously Bevo and the coaching group will work through exactly how that's handled and, and referenced back to the playing group, but I don't think there's any um, escaping the, the fact that it, it needs to be acknowledged and confronted. But equally, you know, focusing on how much was achieved during the year, I think, you know, there was a lot of commentary um, at the end of round 23 and, and probably fairly given the way we finished the season about what we would do and how we would respond. Um, you know, the, the starting point was great for us. It was the third 
consecutive year that we'd made finals and to overcome um, some of that doubt, I suppose, about how we would respond and, and to win the games in the, in the way we did, you know, is, is really positive. And, and even as a starting point, I suppose, if you had said that we'd be three goals up halfway through the third quarter of a grand final, I think you've got you to gotta frame those things as your starting point and, and obviously confront the fact that it didn't go our way in that last quarter and a, and a bit, but also take the, the glass up full view that, you know, outside of a... A 35 to 40 minute period, um, it, it had been an, an absolutely outstanding season to that point. Uh, and Amit uh, also uh, discussed uh, where they're at with their own vaccination policy. This is set to be um, one of the major talking points and probably most serious issues that the clubs need to, um, well, they don't need to, they will, that they will have, uh, that will be addressing and that they will have in order um, to make sure that uh, they don't have to do things the hard way next year. And every club's going to handle this differently unless the AFL makes it mandatory, which they have stopped short of saying at this stage. So at the moment, the clubs um, are, are left to, to decide uh, their own direction when it comes to how they organise their vaccinations for their players uh, and what might be the penalties that are in place. Or Penalties might not be the right word, but certainly what will be the, the, the rules around those who aren't vaccinated. So Amit Baines was speaking about where the dogs are at at the moment. The, the route forward is going to have to be getting vaccinations up to a, a decent level. From our point of view, the club's stance is to encourage vaccinations. All of our players got their first um, shot in Perth on, on Monday and, and we have a lot of our staff and even AFLW players who are either first dose or, or fully vaccinated. And even, in fact, um, Whitnoble, VU Whitnoble, play host to a pop-up vaccination hub on the weekend as well to, to help the the local community um, fast-track that as well. I think going to your, to your question, clearly there'll be state government um, policies and, and requirements um, as well as other corporate requirements. So from our industry point of view, you know, if, if airlines make it mandatory, say, going into 2022, that obviously puts a, an interesting spin on it for us, regardless of what policy we may have. So all your players have had one dose already? Yeah, we did it. We did it on um, on Monday in Perth. It was just an easy way to do it. Um, we didn't necessarily mandate it, but at the same time, didn't have any players who who had an issue with it. So, um, you know, depending on where they'll be uh, in a number of weeks' time, we'll organise for them to to be able to get their second dose. So, all of our playing group, uh, men's playing group, will be uh, fully vaccinated prior to the start of pre season. Uh, Amit Bain, CEO of the Western Bulldogs, does a fantastic job uh, and great access that we continue to get uh, all throughout the day on SGN. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 is the number to call for your say on the news of the day or zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen 1116 off the temper text. Temper, uh, a mattress like no other. So the NRL Grand Final um, obviously still going ahead in Brisbane at this stage. Uh, there is growing fears of that COVID outbreak uh, that continues to bubble away in the background around southeast Queensland. So the decision's been made to cap um, the uh, attendance at 75% capacity, which reduces it to $39,000. So that leaves 13,000 people who had tickets now um, holding their breath to see if they're the ones that are going to be getting the tap to say, unfortunately, you're the last in, so you're the first out uh, with the reshuffle. So the NRL uh, had already declared it as a sellout with more than 52,000 tickets being sold and allocated. So... Um, they order, they'll so they'll automatically refund tickets to the uh, final 
additional 25% of fans who ordered tickets uh, in each allocation. So the the, uh, the requirements are that you'll have to wear your mask at all times unless you're seated, eating or drinking, uh, with Queensland having recorded six new locally acquired COVID-19 cases today. Uh, there's been a tightening of restrictions around Brisbane, the Gold Coast, Moreton Bay, Logan and Townsville, 4pm uh, today for two weeks. Uh, speaking of NRL, our very own Cam Smith, uh, the future immortal, maybe the greatest player ever to play the game, has spoken about his disappointment about um, the video that was leaked out and the situation that uh, Cam Smith, um, Brandon Smith, and uh, as my phone just switches off, uh, the uh, the third uh, Melbourne Storm player uh, involved in that. Um, Cam spoke about that today on SEN. Oh, Vossi, absolutely. I'm, I'm extremely disappointed with um, what what I'd seen and, and was told had happened uh, post that prelim final. And, and I know I'm, I'm not a part of... I haven't been a part of the club this year. I wasn't playing there. Um, but they are former teammates of mine. And, and it's the club that I played my entire career at. So I'm very proud of yeah, what myself and guys like, as you mentioned before, Billy Cooper, Ryan Hoffman, Dallas Johnson, and even before us, you know, guys like Matt Guy and Steve Kearney, uh, Robbie... All, the, all these great players players, um, what what they sacrificed and, and, and what they put into <clears throat> the organisation to, to make it what it is today. That's the disappointing thing, is they that these players, they, they haven't just let themselves down in this moment and their current teammates and coaches, but it's their fans and, and their members and the former players that have gone out and, and played for so long and put in so much effort to build up that organisation in, in, a, in a place that's so foreign to rugby league. So much to the point, Vossi, in the early days, in the first couple of years down there, there, there was very few people that actually wanted the Melbourne Storm in the competition. They didn't want them to survive. But all those players and staff members and, and their families that moved away from um, their hometowns to be in Melbourne, um, you know, they forged on and they persevered and they built the club into what is considered as one of the the, the greatest sporting organisations in this country. So for these players to, to go out and, and make such... You know, there's no other word for it. Dumb choices. Mm. It is really disappointing. I must say, you know, I'm being completely honest there. It's it's extremely, extremely disappointing. Great of the game, future immortal Cam Smith uh, addressing the current Melbourne Storm situation with the three players uh, being investigated currently by the NRL Integrity Unit. Chris Lewis was the other one of the of the three players. Uh, so certainly letting his feelings be known in the strongest possible way there was Cam Smith. Still plenty more to get through from the news of the day. Um, Matty Knight uh, spoke to Tim Gossage a little earlier on. Lockie Henderson was with Bob and Andy. There's been uh, a bunch of re-signings throughout the course of the day. Uh, and, of course, one 736 to have your say on the news of the day, which is the time on promise on SEN. If there's one thing I, would mo- I think most Carlton people would say this, that... Michael Voss has got to make that team into a team. It's got to be a selfless football team. They don't know what selfless is, watching that Carlton Mm. team. Mm. They don't sacrifice for each other. They don't help each other. They need to become a selfless team. You see what Melbourne have done, been able to do. You see what their mids have been able to do at Melbourne. If If I was sitting those Carlton players down, I'd be watching Melbourne Football Club and see the transformation they've made in the last 12 to 24 months. And that's about making the player next to you the best possible player they can be. 
Steve Silvani, uh, former Blues, le- well, he's still a Blues legend, uh, former list boss as well on the late trade, part of Trade Radio from 3pm every day with Matt Rendell and Damien Barrett. We'll dig deeper into all the trade news of the day and the major discussion points after seven uh, with trade evenings. But I just sort of play that one uh, as well, um, giving his view on the most important issue for Michael Voss as he takes the reins of the Carlton Footy Club. So you certainly didn't hear Steve Silvani saying today... Uh, that finals was a pass mark. Uh, like Luke Sayers unfortunately said in that initial press conference, he believes that there's work there to be done uh, and that's the most important thing. And he obviously referencing Melbourne there in the selflessness and that was a major theme that came out of Melbourne's premiership this year. All throughout the year, the midfield group especially were talking in great detail about the conversations they'd had in the pre-season about not being selfish, uh, not all being ball-hungry, not all going ball-hunting, but working out how to be a more selfless midfield and better teammates for each other. Uh, and we've seen the results of that. So uh, some work to do, and that's the most important issue in terms of uh, where Carlton are at and what uh, Michael Voss needs to address first, according to um, one of their greatest ever in Steve Silvani. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. the number you're saying on the news of the day with time on, zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. The temper text, temper a mattress like no other. Um, I've got uh, 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 someone who doesn't put their name on there but he's uh, been very, very uh, kind in updating me on all things Opals in the FIBA Women's um, Asian, uh, Asian Cup. So the Opals lost to China last night. Uh, they've got to take on New Zealand tonight at 11pm uh, for a, a knockout sort of semi-final to get uh, into the next round. They won two out of their three uh, group games. Um, if I'm not mistaken, and they've got to um, they've got to knock out. It's called a qualifying semi uh, against New Zealand tonight for the right to take on Japan. Uh, after that, uh, and off the text as well. Hi Sam, I really don't understand why Collingwood have talked about in terms of having difficulty keeping players. Even with cap squeeze, we surely have way less big money players than heaps, if not most, other clubs. Do you though? Do you though? Yeah, you, you've got Brodie Grundy on a, on a massive contract as well um, up until probably this year and up until probably next year and the year after, um, Scott Pendlebury, deservedly so, has been on very, very good money. You've got Moore and Dugowie on around 800k each uh, from what we're led to believe. I don't think Taylor Adams would have come cheaply. Uh, I'm just rolling a few of these uh, off the top of my head without having gone through it. Um, you, you're, you've got a salary cap squeeze, believe me, because Graham Wright was on on Trade Radio today, admitting that there are still salary cap issues. So um, it's probably not everybody else needing to say it when your footy boss is... Um uh, sorry, your list boss is, is saying that you, that you do uh, as well. So, yeah, that's... Um that's probably that's that's probably the only indication you need that, you know, it's not everybody else saying this. It's 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 actually Graham Wright um, who's saying it at Collingwood, your GM of footy. So, um yeah, that's probably the best way to answer that. I'll let the, the club itself have answered that uh, answered that one for you. Uh, Greg in Blackburn, a uh, very good friend of the show and regular caller. Hello, mate. Hang on, Greg. Let me uh, jiggle around here and get the phone. Um, doing what it needs to do. Fire away, Greg. Yeah, Sam, proud, passionate, as you know. Um, that was the nicest thing I've heard to date from Soss when he just said what Carlton needs to do is look at Melbourne, how proud they become, how self- selfless is the word, 
And when he said, you can see with Melbourne, the player wants the next player next to him to be the best that they possibly can. What a turnaround. And, and Simon Goodwin, you know, congratulations. Yeah, what a well said, Greg. It, it's it's funny that word. It, it comes up a lot around teams that that have had success, and especially those that have sustained success, Greg. So whether it be selflessness in terms of taking less money uh, to to try and keep a list together, whether it be selflessness in accepting a role that you may not wanted to have done, it might not be your preferred position on the ground, but you do it because you, you know it's for, and, and you trust in the coach telling you that I need you to do this because it will get us this. And the great example of that's Luke Hodge. I mean, Luke Hodge, number one draft pick, could have been one of the best midfielders of his generation and any time he did go onto the ball he showed that um, without a shadow of a doubt but Alistair Clarkson went to him um, in the mid sort of 2000s before the 08 uh, premiership came and said I need you to be our general in defence I need you to take this role for me and he did and and, you know the rest is history Oh Lou Todgers was unbelievable as a general and uh, we're very lucky we had him with us for a few years as well yeah, and and it's and there are those stories littered everywhere, Greg, about players who who accepted, you know, a, a job, a, a role, a contract, you know, whatever it might be. That for if you look at Geelong for their successful era with their three premierships that were spaced out, Brisbane with their three peat, uh, Richmond with their three in four years, and Hawthorne with their three in a row. Whenever you hear the stories of those premierships, inver- in- invariably, th- third time was a charm there. Invariably, you will always get the story eventually about the selfless act, uh, the, the sacrifice, and who did what. So, you know, Steve Silvani was involved in a successful era at Carlton in his own right. And we've had Peter Dean on talking about the sacrifices that they made, you know, back when Carlton were a powerhouse and, and, and playing and in and winning premierships. So uh, wonderful point you make, Greg, and thanks for ringing up as always to do so. Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 is the number. Hey, when we come back, uh, former England Test cricketer Adam Hollyoak spoke to Brecky today. Chris Rogers was on SEN as well, along with Danny Townsend, the A-League's managing director. And we had Lockie Henderson on today, Matty Knights, Patrick Nash... Uh, as well. Uh, so plenty more still to get through uh, on Time On, SEN. Uh, welcome back to Time On. Don't forget, text any time as well. If you can't call in, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. of course, is the number to ring. We'd much prefer to converse with you, but the text is absolutely adequate. Uh, 0433981116. I like this one. I listen for sport, not politics. If I wanted politics, I'd listen to 3RW. Have I, Julio, have I, sp- have I said anything? Maybe that's... Um, Maybe that's someone in Perth who... Did anyone else bring up politics, say, two hours ago and they're only just... the time? Is it the time difference? I'm just trying to think of what I might have said. I, we, we we spoke about Carlson just briefly before. I don't know if that's uh, political. Uh, anyway, no, thanks for your text, though. I really appreciate your contribution. I'm not sure if you're actually listening to the same radio station that you're texting. That might be the issue there. Uh, speaking of the Blues, they re-sign young for Josh Honey, a one-year deal for him. He's going to remain on the club's rookie list and hopefully progress his development uh, in his third season at the club. Uh, five senior appearances 
Uh, he, or his first senior appearance in round 12, 2020. He's played five senior games this year. The Swans have re-signed Braden Campbell. Uh, he's going to remain there for another three years. So he's uh, there till the end of 2025 and a very, very likely type. Uh, Academy player, pick five, 2020. Swans had to match a bid from Hawthorne. Um, he's 19 years of age. He's had an immediate impact. He was a rising star nominee in just his second game. And they also secured uh, Colin O'Reardon and Callum Sinclair for the 2022 season. Ridden's played. Uh, Ridden played six games this year. It was a standout in the club's VFL side. He was runner-up for their Player of the Year. Oh, sorry, he was runner-up in the VFL Player of the Year. And uh, Callum Sinclair, just the four games for the Swans this season. Tom Hickey's arrival, um, and well, Tom Hickey's year just um, unfortunately consigned um, uh, Callum Sinclair. Uh, to the lower levels because such was the impact that he had uh, uh, across the course of the season in a lot of people's conversations as one of the recruits of the year. Uh, Lockie Henderson uh, spoke to SEN today, Bob and Andy, and was asked if he felt that his decision to retire had been coming for a while. Uh, he's hung up the boots, uh, the former cat and the former blue, former lion. Um, was delisted a couple of years ago, but got a spot back on the rookie list and played really, really good footy um, all the way through, and he announced his retirement and was with Bob and Andy today. Yeah, I definitely have. I've, uh, I definitely have started. I've probably started for a couple of years, to be honest, um, and just sort of never really felt exactly right. Um, and then the uh, yeah we had to had to call on Monday with the club and felt like it was the best thing to do for probably both parties to be honest and uh, yeah here we are. So was there a little bit of you that would have I mean not, not would have liked to have gone because I reckon most of you would like to go for another year but was there a bit of you that felt like you, you could have squeezed another year out? Uh, uh, yeah yes and no hard question to answer right now. Yep. Uh, I'm still a little bit. <laughs> hurt and gutted the way the final series uh, sort of panned out. Mm. So I'm still sort of still sort of comprehending and getting through that. Uh, but if I if I sort of look back on the whole year, probably yes is the answer. Uh, the body's pretty broken. Um, but yeah, I haven't probably looked back on the whole year and thought about it yet. So it's a, it's a tough question to answer fully right now. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Lockie Henderson with Bob and Andy, SEN.com.au to hear the full chat. Uh, thanks to Dom, who's just texted through, and I've just looked this up, Dom, and you're 100% right. Lewis Young, uh, according to AFL.com.au, has just notified the Western Bulldogs that he wants to explore a trade to another club. Um, and in Dom's text, tall, athletic key defender at 202 centimetres and out of contract, so surely North look at him, question mark. Uh, I think there'd be a few clubs that would look at Lewis Young. I mean, he clearly displayed his versatility. I mean, and you know you've got someone with real ticker and real heart. I mean, he had to compete as an undersized ruckman and they were refusing to play English in the ruck in the early, late stages of the year in the early rounds of the finals. And it was Lewis Young that stepped into the breach waiting for Steph Martin to come back and um, it just provided a contest. So honest as the day is long and you would think that there's plenty of upside uh, in Lewis Young as well. Don't have his numbers up uh, in front of me. Um, but he, yeah, unfortunately wasn't part of the, the team that ran out of there on uh, grand final day. Played nine matches this year and in two finals. Uh, career tally of 24 across five seasons. Uh, um, and he was actually drafted in 2016 after uh, that historic premiership uh, from South Australia originally. Started as a forward, then went to defence. So, yeah, I'm wondering whether, you know, a club like North Melbourne, maybe maybe that's a good fit for Carlton. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's an interesting one. I think, he'd, I think he'd certainly have a lot of clubs just even asking themselves a the question, is there a spot for him uh, on our list? Uh, 
Matty Knight, uh, one of um, a couple of changes in the Geelong coaching ranks this year. Corey Enright, the other, Matty Scarlett uh, as well. James Kelly coming back to the Cattery is a good thing. But um, Matty Knight has joined West Coast as an assistant and spoke to the Sausage, Tim Gossage, earlier today. You know, I, I had a, a really good probably couple of hour discussion with Craig Bozzo, Gavin Ballon and Simo and um, I was really impressed about, you know, what they wanted to do with their footy and um, the way they wanted to go about it and also the role itself. Um, they sort of painted the picture in regards to the, what role I'd be doing and and also Jared Schofield coming across from Port Power. Obviously, I'll be working closely with him as well. We had a good session on the Zoom the other day with Simo and, and Scoey and... Um, yeah, just feel comfortable. It was the right role. And, you know, I didn't know a lot about um, West Coast, but what I did know from afar, they've been a really stable club, um, really go about, you know, treating their staff the right way. And, you know, I was lucky enough to have a half an hour with, with Simo and also Trevor Nisbet um, when I was over here after the season. And, um, yeah, it was a good half an hour and I sort of felt like I was in the right place. It'd be very much focused on um, specifically the contested ball all over the ground. And, you know, with a bit... You know, centre bounce focus as well as um, looking after the midfield line. So it's a slightly different role than I've had at Geelong. But then that'll sort of intertwine with with Jared Schofield. He'll be sort of doing stop plays and stoppages and bits and pieces. So we haven't fully sort of um, thrashed out the roles completely. We're going to do that as coaches when um, when we get back. And Simo's going to you know get all the coaches away for two or three days. So I'm looking forward to that. And um, but the preliminary discussions I've had about role and, and the game style is um, has been really positive and Really good chat, Matty Knight. So was with Tim Gossage earlier today. Goss doing a ripping job as always. Likes to throw uh, the cat amongst the pigeons, stir the hornet's nest, uh, put the oil in the water, ruffle the feathers, whatever cliche uh, or expression you want to use. Uh, that's exactly what the Goss does, and he certainly just gets things nice and heated, which is good fun to have a listen to. And he'll be back tomorrow morning, uh, tomorrow from midday for midday madness. And sen.com.au, we asked. Matty Knights about his, if he's got senior aspirations still. Of course, he uh, was Essendon's first coach after Kevin Sheedy. Uh, extremely big shoes to fill. Uh, so it's a good chat worth listening to on the podcast, sen.com.au. We'll turn our attention to some uh, some other sports on the other side of this. Cricket, uh, A-League on the agenda as well. And don't forget, your are the news of the day. The number to do that, one three hundred seven three six seven three six for time on SEN. No, I know that the, the Ashes is the pinnacle of any cricketer's career. I mean, the IPL is great and, you know, other test series are always great. Playing for your country is great, but the Ashes is definitely the number one thing in everyone's mind. And especially, I know for Joe Root and some of the other guys who have achieved so much in the last um, year or two, you know, winning the World Cup. And that, I know one of the things they really value highly is winning an Ashes in Australia because that is the the holy grail, I think, So for an England player. So, um yeah, I know it's incredibly high, but also I think they also know that hopefully or we all think we're coming to the end of this this um, corona thing. So I think they're thinking that if they, you know, if they delay it, then they can play it in probably hopefully better condition.
Australian-born but England international cricketer Adam Holyoke uh, speaking to the boys on uh, Brecky a little earlier on today. Uh, Kingy and Dwayne back tomorrow morning from 6am. And he also discussed whether he'd spoken or heard about any England cricketers or uh, some of the rumours that are coming through that some of the players uh, might be close or considering uh, putting their hand down uh, to be part of the Summer Ashes here this year. I think it changes day by day, like well, like the world at the moment, I guess. So, um, yeah, they're, um, I know that the management there are getting different stories out from um, from the Australian government as to what they're going to be able to do. They're talking about England, talking about bringing out two teams and just playing against each other and being in different bubbles. And then the players are saying that they're, they're sick of being in bubbles. So there's all sorts of toing and froing. So. It changes daily. So, so Adam, to the next point of that, how many players have, have you spoken to or been in contact with that have said they just won't come? I, I haven't spoken to any that said they won't come, but I know that there's um, there's people who are obviously wanting more details about what the what they're going to be able to do when they're out here. So you've got to bear in mind that they've been in bubbles a lot over the last couple of years, You know, whether that be IPL or the different... Um, tournaments they play in or just in England when they've been playing test series, they've been in bubbles there as well. So I think it's starting to take a toll on the players and, um, you know, tour out to Australia is a long tour and I think some of the players are, I, I don't know this for sure, but I know some of the players are worried about that time away from, you know, wives and partners. So there's still a whole lot up in the air, isn't there, about the test summer, um, whether the Perth test will go ahead and where that's played if it can't be in Perth, given current uh, COVID regulations between state and state, and then will we get a full-strength England side? Uh, so much still to sort out. What you do know is that when the action does start, you don't want to have the dial anywhere else other than SEN, the best uh, test call team uh, in the business. Um, Speaking of cricket, Chris Rogers, the Victorian coach, former test opener, was on uh, with Mornings uh, earlier on today. And we've seen uh, what COVID's done to disrupt a, a recent Shield game between Queensland and Tasmania. Uh, and Chris Rogers spoke about that and also quarantine and travel plans. Yeah, it's a bit of a, a roller coaster at the moment. I think we've had a few false starts with uh, what the plan's going to be. And then I think emotionally, it's yeah, it's, it's a bit up and down. You, you you have your moments where you think, okay, it's all it's all set to go, and then um, the rug's getting pulled out, and and the next thing you know, you know, you've got another plan. So the the guys are, are pretty good. They they went through a little bit of this last year, so they they're a bit attuned to to what's happening. But yeah, it's it's not um, ideal, but you just got to get on with it. Mm. Is there any talk of like a bubble scenario and and moving to West Australia, like the AFL season have done? I mean, what what's the communication been like? No, I don't think so. I, th- I think the plan is still um, for us to go on quarantine um, along with New South Wales somewhere. And then once we're clean, so to speak, we, we, we'll travel around and play um, in different places. Where's the most likely destination that you could quarantine with New South Wales for? Uh, I think Adelaide. I don't think we'll be quarantining quarantine with New South Wales. I, th- I think they're due to go out this weekend, um, but we're not, so w- we might have to wait wait a week or so. But, um, yeah, it looks like we'll, we'll be going to Adelaide and and, uh, and from there we'll, we'll wait and see when the fixtures come out. 
So Chris Rogers, Victorian uh, Sheffield Shield coach, talking to Kane uh, Corns a little earlier today, uh, filling in for Waitley from 9am every day. Um, and going to A-League now, Danny Townsend, uh, who's the A-League's managing director, spoke to Tim Gossage today about the rebranding, bringing uh, both the men's and women's competition under the A-League umbrella and having uh, A-League women's and A-League men's. It's been a lot of work. You know, we, when we took over from the FA in, in January of this year, um, we really wanted to signal change on, on many levels. And, and this is just one area, but an important one that we felt needed attention. And when we did the, the research on the history of the, the A-League name and how it came about, it stood for Australia, it stood for A-grade, the, the pinnacle of Australian football. That made sense. And then we looked at the genesis of the W-League and went, well, how did they work that name out? Well, that was simply W first letter of woman so we thought that's not right we need to tidy that up we need to make sure that you know we're going to get in and 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 promote the women's game as the elite it needs to also have those um the ability to connect with the the letter a and 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 all that it stands for so we've done that and i think the yeah the feedback's been overwhelmingly positive did you look at other sports before you sort of went into this like the wbbl also the wnbl the wnba i mean and other soccer codes around the world football codes around the world i mean before you sort of thought this is a good idea to change it did you sort of seek counsel from other sports and have a look at how they operated no we didn't actually we, we were really focused on on our own our own game and we've got a huge powerful um, base of the pyramid in football that we need to unlock and connect to our professional game and very opinionated you know the football fans are always always uh, quick to provide opinions so we did a lot of work in, in sort of researching our fans our members our, our players our coaches on what they felt and and it was overwhelming that they wanted that equality and and we've gone and delivered that so no it didn't really take too much attention of what else, everyone else was doing just one of the things that just seems to make sense to me when you've got competitions where they're all part of the one club so that's what the AFL is, and AFLW, I mean, these aren't separate entities. WNBL and NBL are completely different franchises. They're completely different competitions. They're completely different organisations with, with different teams in them, and same with the WNBA and the NBA. So I understand why there might be a, a differentiating between the leagues there, but when it comes to the A-League, they're, they're all aligned, So and the, and the same with the AFL. So it's not something I jump up and down about, the fact that they bring everything under the one umbrella, because if you look around country footy, like I play played nine years at Elmore. It's called the HDFNL, Heathkit and District Football and Netball League. Uh, they don't have, they, you know, they don't, and I know that's not, they're different sports, but they just bring all of it under the one umbrella because they're all part of the one club. Um, and I'm very much aware before the text come through that there's a difference between <laughs> the two sports. But, but to me, it just makes sense that everybody is under the same umbrella. Um, I don't think it's, it's got nothing to do with PC. It's got nothing to do with anything. It's just, it, it, it just makes sense. They're not separate organisations or separate entities. They're all playing for the one club, and, and those clubs come under the A-League banner or the AFL banner. So why there's two different websites and organisations, it doesn't really make any sense to me. Um, so to have that alignment, I just think that's sort of common sense. Um, 0433981116, I reckon we'll find that the Big Bash will do the same thing. They won't really need the... The, the W in front of the BBL. It'll just be the BBL and the Stars have a men's and, the, and a women's team. Um, 
couple more off the text that have just come through before we finish up. Um, in regards to Jordan Ngoi, hi Sam, Jordan Ngoi on 800000 that's basically superstar money. He played less than half the season. Surprise Collingwood are paying him that much. So his back half of the year was as pretty much as good as anybody's Jordan Ngoi. I mean, his numbers uh, and his impact and influence on the game are exactly what you'd expect for someone getting paid that. So if he starts next year like he finished this year, then that's justified. I was absolutely in that camp that said that is far too much to pay for a guy that, you know, more people use the comparison of the eclipse, uh, not the eclipse, but the full moon. You know, it sort of comes out once every four weeks and you see, wow, look at that in all its splendour. But no, he, he's back after the year. He was a week-in, week-out performer, and that's what you expect for that money. So when he plays like that, it's absolutely justified. Had he earned that money before he got it? Maybe not. One great final series. Um but now he is playing, he finished off the year for the back half of it, playing exactly like uh, a player on that money. Uh, appreciate the text, though, nonetheless. So we turn our attention now for the next hour to trade for trade evening. So just for this hour and this hour alone, don't forget the number to reach and to have a chat about all things free agency trade period is one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. just for the next hour. And the text line, 0419 Put those into your phone. I can't see the texts that come up if they're not sent to that during the next hour, and I'd love to keep conversing with you. So just remember those two numbers, one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight to ring 0419 to text just for the next hour as we jump into trade evenings and then back to the regular uh, after nine. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.